Hi there. Welcome to the November 2020 uh, episode of Gristholm, entitled 2.7 Sound and Vision. Um, this is Joe Fizz here, recording from uh, the north, and uh, we are really excited to have this episode out. Sorry it's been uh, a little bit delayed from the first. It had to be on election day. Um, things have been a little hectic uh, these past couple weeks for me personally. So um, sorry that this is not coming out on the usual first of the month. Um, but I'm thinking moving forward, if it's on a weekend, then just posting it on the Monday following. So, but in any event, we're here. We have a Gristholm Halloween special. So if you have not had the chance to check that out, you totally should. I personally enjoyed making it. Um, that I'm going to give a huge shout out to Cheyenne. She was the inspiration for um, the character of Jean. And uh, I think I'm going to start doing maybe like a couple specials a year just to kind of throw in some more bonus content for Gristholm in the current setting. So if you are interested, uh, wanting to be a character, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I'm always looking to add new characters. I would prefer like to not use your first name <laughs> uh, just for the sake of, you know, confidentiality and your last name for, and not using your last name for the same reason. But if you want to be a part of the show, that would be awesome. I'd love to have you. Um, and that would be great. So if you liked the uh, Halloween special, I'm looking to do more of those here in the future. And again, I apologize uh, for it being a little late. I also apologize for some editing issues that I heard about. Um, so we're looking to fix those on today's episode. And other than that, be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter at the Fizz Speaks. Uh, that's uh, Joe Fizz and the Fizz Nation. If you can't find the username that way, and uh, please share this podcast with your friends. Tell your friends, your enemies, your family members, coworkers—you know, people who you think would like this podcast. Don't forget also that there is a book coming out <laughs> eventually. Um, I'm looking to try and find an actual publisher for it. I'm actually kind of wanting to go with Tor, T-O-R. Um, they're like a fantasy young adult, um, infamous publisher. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that it'll work. But it also takes dedication on my part, as well as making a good story. So if you would enjoy that, if you think somebody else would enjoy that, or you know publishing people, don't be afraid to reach out at the Fizz Speaks on Twitter. You can also email us at jos, the letter R-B-Y-E-R-S, at gmail.com. And I think with that, we're going to hop into Gristholm episode 2.7, Sound and Vision. Casey sat silently in the car as Lucia slumbered in the back of the campus safety SUV. Rezin was mulling over everything his dad had told him. The events that happened with Lucia and the random voice he heard in his head. These things have to be connected somehow. But how? He thought. Casey turned on the satellite radio to alternative thousands and leaned back in the passenger seat. Do you think it's weird that the coffee shop owner was outside of that society on the ground? Rezin let a natural fall pass between them, 
before answering. I think she's probably drunk or something, to be completely honest. Okay, Casey deadpanned. Look, I know you still relative, you're still relatively new here, but not every student is just a drunk or so easily written off. Things happen here, Rezin. Things that are somewhat bad. You have to be prepared to make that call, even if we are just campo. Students depend on us when they need us the most. We have to be ready for that. She looked out the window, back at Alpha Society as they spun around to head north. It's why there are always accepting admissions here at Gristholm. Rezin and Casey bickered passive-aggressively on their way back to the house of campus safety. Upon arrival, Rezin reached into the back seat and shook Lucia's shoulder. Hey, it's time to wake up. Casey got out of the car as Lucia snapped back into her seat as a young officer walked into the house. What the hell? The recognition hit her face, despite something nagging at the back of her head. Rezin? Yeah, Lucy, it's me. Lucia sat up and smiled. Hey, oh my god. Wow, it's been years. I didn't know you worked at, you work for Campo now. Yeah. Regent anxiously shifted in his seat. See, I, well, Dad, Dad didn't want me to come to Gristholm, so I went to Billings instead. Got out a year early with the pre-college courses that transferred over. Oh, Lucia sighed. Did you have any fun? Rezin looked up at the house of campus safety. In the time Lucia had been asleep, it had started to rain. The roof of the building rejected the rain, creating a weird sort of waterfall. This waterfall caught the light from the flood lamp outside the building, which shone on Rezin's face like a message from the celestial bodies. Lucia recognized she was holding her breath, waiting for... Look, I appreciate the small talk. Rezin felt Casey's words shaping the way he talked. It's just, we need you for a statement. Lucia's face flushed. A statement? Lucia, you were found outside of Alpha Society, unconscious. Oh, the witch felt slightly uncomfortable, but she couldn't remember why. This sensation of forgetting something important was bugging her entirely. I, I don't know why. Rezin opened the door, pausing before leaving the vehicle. Come with me. The door shut behind him curtly. Lucia sighed, wondering why her old friend was acting so oddly. Entering the house of campus safety, Lucia waved to the secretary at the window. The small, stuffy foyer smelled of menthol cigarettes and chewing tobacco, as if wiped underneath the chairs. Lucia dodged to follow Rezin. The secretary waved, her bony fingers and half-moon spectacles warbling, Hello, dear. Her voice came through the intercom. Hi, Clarice, Lucia deadpanned. Long time no see. Did they ever find out who stole the chairs from the moon's loft? Her eyes grew as she looked down the bridge of her nose over the monitor. No, but I found the chairs out back. Someone probably smoking again. 
It came across more brutal than it needed to, as Clarice's sunshine-esque smile hit a patch of clouds. Well, have a good night, dear. Lucia turned back to Resin, who gave a taunt smile with complimentary nod. Clarice buzzed them in, and Resin gestured to the table in the kitchenette. Lucia sat down and waited. Resin walked back to the Campo office. While he waited, and while she was sitting there, Lucia rubbed her eyes and tried to search for something that could chase away this nagging thought. She felt her wand gesturing to her to be held. Lucia quickly tucked it into her non-dominant sleeve as Jeff Valren sauntered down the stairs. Oh, hey, Lucia. Jeff was a regular at the Moon's Loft. Everything good? Yeah. Passed out near Alpha. Had a bit of a long night. She used air quotes on the ladder. She was fun. Jeff laughed. <laughs> uh, be careful. These days, kids don't often know who it is they're seeing. He reached for the Folgers that was brewing. Lucia, having utilized her magic to the utmost ability, could recognize just about every blend of coffee imaginable. Folgers wasn't her favorite, but Campo got it in bulk. She knew because she was the dealer. Honestly, I don't know what it was. It might have hit my head or something. I can't remember anything from a few hours ago. Jeff raised an eyebrow. Need to talk to counseling services? No, Lucia said. I, I think I got a little too drunk, maybe. Jeff nodded and placed the coffee back. He checked his watch before making his way back upstairs. He gave Lucia advice over his shoulder. I had something like that happen to me back in 89. It wasn't stateside, though. It was during the... Regin rushed in, cutting off Jeff like a car at rush hour. Sorry about the... Oh, hey, Jeff. Hey, um, I'm doing the report for this one. Casey trusts me enough to do it by myself. <laughs> he laughed. Okay, before you send it to hire, let me read it, please. Jeff turned back to go up the stairs. I don't want any mistakes. We take care of Miss Frey. Lucian Resin turned to look at each other. Oh, okay, sure. Resin said, I <laughs> wouldn't think of anything else. Good night, L Lucia. Jeff turned, returned to his attic, better known as the evidence room and the supervisor offices. Night, Jeff. Lucia waved to the empty stairs. So, what all do you need me to do? Basically, we need everything you remember, from the time you got to Alpha to when we found you. What you can remember would be amazing to us and help out a lot. Lucia took the pen that Resin had held out, blurting, you, you really, you're really good at this job. Resin smiled, thanks, Luce. That means a lot. Lucia began to write as Dylan came over the radio. Good evening, Gristholm. This is Dylan Derringer here with a spectacular news update coming to you atop the Gristholm Tower. A student was found on the southeastern net by campus safety officer Trevor Boardman. The alarm was set off early in the morning around 1 a.m. Reports of flashing lights also occurred from the south side this evening. Campus safety declined to be interviewed at this time, as they are trying to figure out if the two are connected in some way. Call it journalistic intuition or good deduction, but I think they could be connected. Gristholm, 
I've seen my fair share of mysterious lights outside my windows, and I can assure you that you only have a mild reason to be alarmed. Our next piece of news, fall break approaches. Why, yes, Chris Tome, it's that time to be able to go back home to your families and friends who still pretend to love you despite your brief stays at your home here. Sorry, I'm a little bit of a realist, couldn't you tell? Anyways, you will return to your homes for one week, give or take, depending on how long your travel time is. Then, a little R&R &R before you return here to be tortured by tenured individuals craving a retirement check. Only for you to do the same once you're done here, and the school has sapped you of all your funds that you have borrowed and will never see. It's quite a transaction for a piece of paper that is a representation of your anxiety, drunken nights ignoring prompts, and a whole lot of regret. Mine's here in the studio, Gristholm, just like you. I majored in the field of gullible. In other news, on the menu tonight is a fitting dash of bloodletted halbert. Don't worry, yes, it was cooked. No, it was not tortured. It just needed a little let out of its system. Combined with everything else the defect will conjure together, it should give you a minor upset bowel. The weather, as usual, is not ideal with an extra bit of regret. I particularly enjoy mine with a tinge of foreboding, but nonetheless we strive for accuracy. I will keep you updated if anything else would come in and ruin your plans. This is Dylan Derringer from WGSO, Gristholm's only station. I still have no idea how he does that, Resin said as he took the pen back from Lucia. Honestly, I write half of those. You what? Yeah, Dylan's stuff is about 50% his. I make up a lot of it myself and slip it to him in the mail delivery slot in his door. <sighs> Lucia, it's nothing, really. Yeah, I'm part of the journalism degree and it would be nice to have my name attached, but I can't really put my name to what he says. It's a little gauche. He's definitely unsettling. Rezin read over Lucia's words to make sure nothing was too out of the ordinary. You'll never believe what my dad said about him. Lucia held her breath. Well, he said that Dylan was doing radio broadcasts when he was young. When I was at the hospital with him, dad came on the air, or Dylan came on the air, and my dad basically said he hadn't aged a day. That's really weird, Rezin. Girl, you're telling me my dad is getting up there. Rezin got up then and walked up the stairs. Lucia tucked into her coat. Leaning back into the chair, she could see what was on the walls of the space. Paint. Just paint. Nothing really prolific or stand out. Just paint. She had hoped for at least something when Casey, the one who left the car before Rezin, and another man, somewhat portly, with a wad of dip in his lip, came into the middle of the room. Remember how I scared him in the chapel the other night? Absolutely priceless, the man said. He basically shit his pants. Casey stopped the man, who turned to Lucia and sighed. Oh, sorry. I hear a lot of things worse than that, believe it or not, Lucia said flatly. Just because I was out cold on the ground doesn't mean that I... You're the alpha girl? He said, concerned, seeping into his voice like molasses. Casey was filling me in. What Trevor is trying to say is that we're sorry, Lucia. You shouldn't have been outside the Alpha Society in the rain. Wasn't hard, was it, Trevor, to show a little human decency time and time again? They exercised that out of me. Trevor looked at the clock on the wall, then back to his watch. Well, stay safe out there. 
a lot of batshit things going on. We manage, Lucia said. Casey, thanks for helping me on my feet again. No problem. She looked at Lucia over quickly, but not enough for Lucia to dismiss. If you need anything, let us know. I will. Casey and Trevor left the office as Resident and Jeff came down the stairs. Well, Lucia, I have some good news, Resident said. Sure, fam. What's up? We logged this into our system, so in case something else happens, we can pull it up with ease using some keystrokes. Using the same system, we pulled up Alpha in our database. There was a student six years ago having the exact same thing happen. This, well, their name is irrelevant, but the info, the symptoms? You both had the exact same. Tell me, did you talk to anyone from Alpha once you were inside? Lucia felt a sharp, intense pain behind her eyes that cut through rational thought like a butter knife. Through butter. Despite its roughness, Lucia was able to shrug it off momentarily not to attract more attention from the security guards. Just your run-in-the-mill party, officer. Rezin looked to Jeff, whose expression mirrored his own, and it was I don't buy it. Lucia, why don't you head back to the moon's loft? I looked up your apartment in the system, which is technically your permanent address since the Frey family owns the loft. Jeff shook his head. Anyway, you go. You just go home. Rest. Resin and I will keep an eye out on Alpha Society to make sure they're not swinging by your house. Sounds good, Jeff. Lucia sighed. I'll walk you back, Resin offered to the room. Lucia started to protest as Jeff said it was a good idea. The witch sighed, letting her hair fall down over her face to obscure her disdain, then lifted it up to make sure Jeff saw a fake smile. A fake half-smile. Whatever you say, boss. At this, Resin conceded and got up from the table. The supervisor walked to the door and opened it for the pair. See you later, Lucia. Resin, be sure to come back and finish up that report before I leave. I'm on it, Resin said. With a nod, Jeff returned upstairs to finish out the night, Rezin broke through the lobby's doors and was greeted by an annoyed witch. Why do you want to take me back? Lucia prodded. It's fine. I can take care of myself, you know. I've been doing this since we went to school together. I Look, I know you have. The pair walked along the roads towards the moon's loft. Lucia, why were you in Alpha Society, really? Lucia hesitated then. If she gave away too much to Rezin, she compromised the nature of Gridalia and her own work. If she didn't tell him, she knew that he would be back to bug her more. There may be a better way out, she thought, an easier way. A way that I can combine both my own narratives and Gridalia while covering my tracks and gathering intel for my own practices. She would be exposing him to true magica. Yes, unadulterated magica that had its own version of consequences. And if he didn't believe her, he could expose her as a fraud and ruin her life. Lucia, I ask because something spoke to me inside my mind. I know you'll think that this is crazy, but I honestly heard something malicious speak about you that came from Alpha Society. Lucia stopped dead in her tracks on the middle of the boardwalk and blinked slowly at him. Resin, you gotta be kidding me. No, I just want to make sure you're safe and that the school, the kids, the people who work here, that they're safe too. Rezin couldn't necessarily betray some of his own thoughts either. What he knew about Lucia's aunt, for example, would wreck her. What about the things his dad told him? 
Would it be so safe to tell his old high school friend about the nature in which he could turn into a, a wolf, a werewolf by rights? No, not a werewolf, but obtain the power of the Fenris wolf, the wolf that was allegedly supposed to bring about the end of the world. It still boggled his mind as he only felt the minimal effects of his newfound power. His dad, passing it down by gripping Resin's forearm and releasing the power to him, looked more frail in his hospital bed than he had ever seen him. Resin, contrarily, felt stronger than he ever had before. His muscles felt tense, as if ready to spring, and he felt a celestial power. It extended from the cosmos and infected his senses. He could smell Lucia's apprehension, now more apparent with less people around. He could feel the pulse quicken as he explained what was going on. Lucia, I have experienced some weird things at this school before, which happens to have come from Nightshade Hall. Ever hear of the Almost Doctor? Well, I found his journal in the library. It wasn't something that I was supposed to stumble upon or even wanted to, but there, there it was, and there were these things. They're called the Grim Fairn, and as Resin kept talking, Lucia's eyes widened. He was thinking about Nightshade, which was the hideout that Rob and, he, and her chose as the perfect place to hold secret meetings. The Grimfairn? Those were the creatures Rob was trying to pull from the... The... The, the what? The things? The what, what things? She shook her head. Resin, you better come into my apartment. There's something I have to show you. Rezin climbed the stairs of the moon's loft and turned his radio down a little bit. He wanted to make sure he was focused on the task at hand. For Lucia, she was nervous to tell somebody else about magic and, when, and what she could do with it. She unlocked the door, proceeding slowly. As the door swung inward, Rezin ducked into the room following Lucia. Bang! Lucia went flying into the far corner of the room, her coat flying in the opposite direction. She yelled out in pain as her arm glowed with a vibrant white light. Searing pain radiated up Lucia's arm, causing her to lose consciousness. Rezin leapt in and felt the keen senses of the wolf taking over, teeth out, gums recoiled, ready for a fight. His legs gave out from underneath him as a plank yanked at him at his ankles. Drawing him towards the bed, Lucia cried out to Rezin, I remember! I'm a little preoccupied here, Rezin said as he was clawing at the plant. Don't do that! That's Barry! He's he's a good plant, Lucia exclaimed. She hit the floor and went for her coat. She grabbed a stick, carrying it, checking it over cautiously, with care. The witch gave the wand a wave, and Rezin saw a book float over to Lucia's hand. It appeared to be a diary from what he could tell. <sighs> I set up this protection in case I was ever charmed, or if my memory was ever messed with. She flipped a couple of pages in the book. This book I'm holding is not just a journal, but my spell book. These are the spells that I have personally made. I'm trying to I'm trying to go for my mastery exam soon. Oh, Resin stood up, realizing the plant released him. What does that entail? A series of challenges designed to thwart my own intuition. However, I know I'll be able to make it. She walked across the room and grabbed her jacket. Resin, we need to team up. And well, since you know about magic now, Maybe you should hear about what Alpha Society really is.
Grisome was recorded, produced, and edited by Joe Fizz. If you want to find out more about Grisome, please like our Twitter page at The Fizz Speaks, where you can find information not only on this podcast, but future updates about the Grisome book, Grisome Origins, and Third Shift Thoughts with Joe Fizz. All loops that you heard in this podcast are from Apple, and uh, original Gristome content is created by Joe Fizz. Any likeness in character appearances is all a work of fiction and from the uh, author's mind. And with that, I think that is this episode for the month of November. And we will see you back in December for the next episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share it with your friends, your family, your neighbors, your enemies, whoever you think would enjoy this podcast. And we'll see you on the flip side.